Jesus said, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. I don't know if you've noticed, but the Episcopal Church and the Anglican Communion to which we belong are putting a lot of emphasis on evangelism these days. There's a Facebook page for Episcopal evangelists, believe it or not, and Arkansas's own Jerusalem Greer is a motive force behind it. Some of you may recall Ms. Greer, a lay evangelist from St. Peter's in Conway, speaking at our diocesan convention in February about ways to spread the good news of Jesus. Since then, presiding Bishop Michael Curry has appointed her as the Episcopal Church's Staff Officer for Evangelism. I don't think we've always had one of those. Quite rightly, the presiding bishop and our own bishop are emphasizing evangelism afresh, not primarily because we are concerned about numbers in the pews, but because this is fundamental to who we are as Christians. It's as old as today's gospel reading, and it was central to the vision of Bishop Henry Niles Pierce 140 years ago when he conceived of this cathedral as the center of evangelical proclamation for the Episcopal Church in Arkansas. This was meant to be a center for mission. And uh, so we, we're, I hope we're getting a little more comfortable with the idea of evangelism and, and ourselves being evangelists. Um, in fact, the legal name, I think, of the Episcopal Church, at least which is on the, the bank account and so on, is the Domestic and Foreign Missionary Society. So in the early 19th century, we decided that's what we were called to do. And there's been a renewal of this missionary impulse lately. And I think for that past and present, we should give the Holy Spirit much credit. The two archbishops of the traditionally staid Church of England these days are also pro promoting personal involvement with Christ and his ministry as the way to true life and peace. Back in 2016, they launched an initiative called Thy Kingdom Come. For the 10 days between the feasts of the Ascension and Pentecost, they invited every parish in the Church of England to pray that more and more people would come to know Jesus in their day-to-day -day lives. By the next year, Christians in more than 85 countries and from over 50 denominations joined forces in this prayer effort, this effort praying for the spread of the good news. Um, and uh, it has continued each year since in that 10-day period which we went through recently. The Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, expressed the goal when he described his desire to share with others what he himself has also known and benefited from. Following Jesus has been the core point of my life, he said in a video. And, and, there's, and that's one reason I want everyone to hear his voice calling them and to learn what it is to find his love, his call, his direction, his purpose. That's why I'm pledging to pray for more people to know the life-transforming love 
of Jesus Christ. The Archbishop of York, John Sintamu, told in another video how his prayers for five specific people helped lead them to finding Jesus and committing themselves to his service in a variety of ways. All these are wonderful signs of new life in our branch of the church. In my view, however, we must be careful how we approach others whom we seek to draw into faith and fellowship. Our Anglican tradition tends to avoid making a sharp distinction between those who have found Jesus and those who haven't, between those who are saved and those who are not. All the baptized have already committed their entire life, lives to Christ, either directly or through parents and godparents. Christ has made them his own. We have varying degrees of consciousness among us about the relationship with God that we all have. We are all on the way, so to speak, into, to living into our saving connection with God, with, which is his gift through baptism. We are all in the same category, so to speak. And therefore, we are called, I would say, to evangelize each other, bring the good news to each other. I might help harvest you, but you might also help harvest me. We help each other come to what our baptismal service calls the fullness of God's peace and glory. We're still on our way. We got a glimpse of it. Most of us can identify with the Episcopal bishop who, when asked if he was saved, declared that he has been saved, he is being saved, and he will be saved. We are all in this together, as we express in our baptismal liturgy, when everyone in the congregation pledges to do all in the power of each to support new Christians in their life in Christ. And they, the newly baptized, also pledge to support us. It's a mutual thing. Ideally, we approach someone outside the fold of the church with the same humility and sense of reciprocity. Curtis Almquist, a brother of the Society of St. John the Evangelist, reflected on evangelism along these lines when he said, If my motive for witnessing to others about the one God is in the hope of saving them from the fires of hell, I have already passed judgment on them and done exactly what we have been commanded by Jesus not to do, not to judge. What we as Christians witness to is the love of God without strings, unconditional love, the love of God shown into our hearts, which we reflect like a mirror outward. We certainly may and sometimes should talk directly about Jesus as the chief way we know that love and about how we have found a life-giving connection with God in and through him. But we do not do so from a sense of superiority as those who don't need ourselves to be evangelized, converted again and again. Today's gospel describes evangelism as sim simply preparing the way for Christ who is the chief 
evangelist. Uh, Luke specifically says that the 70 were sent out two by two where Jesus himself intended to go. So we're preparing the way. And when the Lord said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest, he implies that evangelists will, not, will do more than simply harvest people. They will raise up others to be harvesters themselves. We fish for people, to use another analogy, but in part because so they themselves in turn will become fisher folk. God may use us to help save others, but also may use them and does and will use them to save us. We depend on each other so, so uh, fundamentally in this progress toward the light that uh, we're, uh, we're all involved in. This truth is beautifully expressed in a book written in the mid-20th century by J.W. Stevenson, the Presbyterian clergyman of a small Scottish town. The book is entitled, I love the title, God in My Unbelief. In one chapter, Mr. Stevenson describes the trouble he had with a parishioner who had a huge chip on his shoulder. No one, including the clergyman, could reason with him because he was convinced that whenever someone disagreed with him, it was because they looked down on him due to his humble social origins. This poor boy made good had indeed been injured by people taunting him about where he came from, and the resulting resentment dominated his outlook, making it hard for him to see good in others and to get along with them. One day, the clergyman had a revelation that he had been thinking about this man in the wrong way. In asking that the troubled man who had been causing great conflict might be forgiven, he had separated himself from that man. As he said, I had been looking at his sin and judging it and asking that he might be forgiven. I had not been standing beside him my sinfulness beside his sinfulness, asking that we might both be forgiven. The best way of reaching out to people, this clergyman learned, is not from a sense of superiority or from a sense that the need is all on one side, but from a sense of solidarity and common need. Seeking people, Mr. Stevenson wrote, was, I'm quoting, more than bringing them to church, to be within reach of the means of grace, more than going out to them to tell them of their need, it was to come with them within the sound of Christ's cry, Father, forgive them. We had to be with them where they were and as they were, so that we were standing with them in the same baptism, receiving for them as for ourselves, what Christ has won for us by his cross. Not in the first place to urge the claims of the church or even to move their hearts, but simply to be where we belonged with them before Christ. 
That must mean the overcoming of many kinds of reluctance, the discovery of the right way to take ourselves to them, the right way to think about them, the right way for us to speak as men and women who had found that we were not better than others, but that Christ had redeemed all. Evangelism, proclaiming the redeeming power of God's love in Christ, becomes much more attractive, I think, when approached in this way. It's not about pushing or forcing anything on others so that they won't go to hell or for whatever other reason, but it's about opening up a situation so that love with a capital L, i.e. God, can do its redeeming work. It's about preparing the way for God to step in and do what only God can do, bringing us where we need to be with God and each other. The good news of the kingdom can and should be proclaimed, as in today's gospel, by the healing God empowers us to perform. As evangelists, we are, by definition, healers. And, and that healing involves removing obstacles that are in the way, in God's way, whether those are physical obstacles, mental, or spiritual, the demons in today's gospel. It's a, there are a lot of obstacles, and our job is to clear the road, to prepare the way, so that God's love can prevail in a situation, bringing true life and peace to all concerned. As the gospel tells us, this ministry to which we are called it's far from easy. It will bring many setbacks, heartaches, and even dangers. People will push back. Conflict may result. But we are not discouraged because we are also promised that the harvest is plentiful. Thank God we have had a taste of that plenty in the past, and I pray in the present. And that taste of God's goodness will more than keep us going with God's help as we follow our mission, our call to be evangelists. So as Jesus taught us, we pray the Lord of the harvest to send many laborers, including us, to reap the abundance that is already prepared. <laughs>